Hello, you are very much welcome back to this latest installment of the Alphology 2 podcast. How are you doing? Nice. You see, I sort of pause there like you're answering me, even though obviously you aren't. It's like I'm talking to a real person, but um, obviously I'm not. I'm talking to a microphone which is positioned in front of uh, what I would describe as a small mound of jumpers to to stop my television and my desk echoing sound back and causing an unpleasant audio experience. Um, you don't know what I'm talking about, actually. What am I? What am I? What was that little opening about? That was crap, wasn't it? Absolute crap. <laughs> um, what do I want to talk about? I want to talk about being lucky. How to get lucky. See, it's a bit of a misleading title because how to get lucky might imply that I'm going to be talking about how to obtain sexual relations with other people, um, which I'm not going to. Well, maybe I will a little bit, but but that's not really what I'm talking about. It's a bit of a bit of a clickbaity sort of um, sort of sort of title. But what I'm going to be talking about is luck in general. Uh, so lots of theories about luck. Does it exist? Does it not exist? Uh, well, scientifically, I think it's, I think it does exist depending on your perspective. So there's a scientist, psychologist, I think his name is Richard Wiseman. I will place a link to his book about luck in the description of this because he's a, it's a really good book. And also I'm going to be sort of talking about the things he talks about in the book. So it would be remiss of me not to include you know, a link to his work. What he focuses on is lucky people and do lucky people exist? And he concludes that basically they do exist. And obviously we're not talking about whether people can, I don't know, um, whether you'd be more likely to win the lottery than the next person. You know, lucky people aren't, more likely to pick the winning lottery numbers than unlucky people. It's more about how their lives go in general. There are just some people, for some reason, it just seems to go better. And I think the one that Richard Wiseman, is that his name? Richard Wiseman. I'm going to look it up. Sorry, I just, it's it, it bugging me. Hold on. Yeah, it is Richard Wiseman. So something that he did, a test that he did, I don't know if he did it actually or if he just references it, but the the, the test that he talks about with the lucky people is they're given a newspaper and people are asked before they read the newspaper if they think they're lucky or not. And I think 80% of people say they're lucky and 20% say they're unlucky, something like that. I don't, I don't remember the exact stats. And they're told to read the newspaper and count how many photographs there are in the newspaper. And on page two or page three of the of the newspaper, there's a headline which says, don't read the newspaper. I'm telling you now there are 64 photos or something along those lines. And lucky people were much more likely to notice the fact that it says you don't need to count the photographs there are this many. And like what? Explanation is there that lucky people were more likely to get lucky, and this is provable across 
sort of multiple different things um, yeah, in, in many, many ways. That's just one way. I'm not going to go through it. Like, read his book. I'm not going to gonna just recount his book to you. It would be poor form on my part. And also, you know, fucking do it yourself. Um, so I'm a lucky person. I really do consider myself to be lucky. Some of it is stuff that's just been completely out of my control. And in some ways, I've made my own luck. So... If, yeah, if scientific luck does exist and lucky people do exist, I am one of those people, it, certainly in my opinion. And exa- examples of this is I've lived all over the world in some of the most sort of beautiful places. Uh, I've been lucky with women, like in comparison to my own attributes. You know, I've dated and had relationships with like some really phenomenal women, which is lucky. Like, I. I didn't deserve that, <laughs> not at all. And you know, they they really debased themselves in doing that. So I, I don't know how I don't know how that happened. But it, yeah, it was luck. I've been lucky with gambling. I've won stuff like you know thousands of on random gambles. Uh, I've won trips to go and do stuff just off a off a of entering a free competition. It happens to me a lot. And my conclusion. And yeah, Richard Wiseman sort of mentioned this as well. Is is that to be lucky, you have to do stuff. You ha- luck doesn't come and fall into your lap. It luck is something that happens to you whilst you're doing stuff. If you don't do anything, you won't be lucky. You won't get lucky sitting at home in your underpants. It's just not going to happen. You just have to, you have to go there. You have to try the things and. Be accepting of things that aren't going to work for you, but that, but also accept the fact that they might work for you. So doing the thing in the first place is what creates the luck, rather than luck being some overarching um, mystical thing. It's just a case of doing stuff. Some of you might be familiar with the Myers-Briggs Type Index, the MBTI. It's sort of like a personality test, and it's it's a bit pseudoscience-y. It, it, well, it isn't scientifically recognized. What, what happens is you answer a load of questions, and it gives you a score on each of sort of four main personality traits. And look, there's an element of scientificness to it, because if you answer enough questions about yourself, the answer to those questions will reveal... Um, facts about you that's just a, that's just how it works you, you know that you're more likely to be a certain type of person based on your answer to these questions but it's it pretty much defines you as a person in, in the results and uh, maybe it shouldn't and it, it's not a, a scientifically accurate test however it is an entertaining thing to do and i have read mine and i am an enfp and i'll tell you what that means very briefly an enfp means i'm extroverted i like to talk to people rather than sort of stay inside and keep my own company although i'm very much on the border there i do like my own company I like a lot i spend a significant amount of time alone but i'm also sociable as i say i'm probably just about more sociable than i am um, introverted uh, i'm intuitive rather than i think sensing is the other one so i like to come up with my own solutions rather than use my own knowledge. If that makes sense, I, I, I like to improvise and 
be creative rather than refer to a textbook. That that that's probably the the, the best way. Uh, I like to feel. That's the F. I'm more a feeler than a thinker. I don't do things rationally. I do things on the basis of my emotions. And the P is for prospecting. I'm more prospecting than I am judging, which means that I take. I'm more likely to take an opportunity because an opportunity is there rather than stick with the status quo. Now, you might believe in all of that. You might believe it. You might not. That's fair enough. It doesn't matter if you think that's real or not. If you think that you can define a person under, under these things, that is not relevant to what we're talking about. But if those things do exist, I would say that all four of those things, being extroverted, intuitive, being a person who feels and a person who takes opportunities, all of those things are conducive to being lucky. If you're introverted, you're less likely to be lucky because you're less likely to be out there doing something which is going to create luck for you. If you're not intuitive, if, you don't, if you're not creative, you're less likely to stumble across this, this great solution to something. Uh, if you're a thinker rather than a feeler, you're less likely to do something which is sort of, I, I guess, governed by, well, emotions. And it, emotions can make you very lucky, which is basically what this podcast is going to be about. So we'll get onto that in a minute. And prospecting, obviously, I take chances rather than uh, you stick to the status quo. If you take chances, there's m- more luck involved to what happens to you. And obviously that can work in both ways. It can be good luck or it can be bad luck. Anyway, I'll explain to you why I, what th- this little part of why I'm lucky is just a very specific part. And it's the F part, the feelings part. Why interacting with my own feelings makes me luckier than other people or some other people, not the luckiest man in the world. If I wasn't lucky, the luckiest man in the world, my chair would be a lot more comfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And it's quite squeaky, so I can't really move it whilst I'm whilst I'm talking. So I'm not the luckiest, but I am lucky. And I would put a good section of my luckiness down to how I engage with my feelings. So actually, this came about a long time ago. No, it wasn't actually that long. It was three or four years ago. And I always thought of myself as a thinker in my own head. Uh, I was quite good at maths at school and maths obviously is a very logical subject. And I always thought that I was a really logical, like cold person. And one day I was having an argument with my ex-girlfriend, not a serious one, because she was accusing me of not being like emotionally available. And it was fair enough. I wasn't. And I said to her, look, you know, I'm just not really an emotional person. I don't really make my decisions emotionally. I make them, I make them with my 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 logical brain. I'm a logical person. So the fact that I'm I'm not really emotionally available is because I'm always thinking logically. I'm a, I'm a cold, hard thinker. And she said, "No, you're not." I said, "Well, yeah, I am, obviously." And she said, "No, you're not. You, if you were to look at all the decisions you've made in your life, all the major ones, um." They're all made on the basis of your emotions. You've just logicked yourself into thinking they were logical decisions, but actually they weren't. They were emotional ones. And I thought about it, and it turns out that she was right. I'd, I'd always been making these these emotional decisions rather than logical ones. So I, I sort of, after that, yeah, obviously I didn't admit that she was right during the argument. I could possibly do something like that. But afterwards, I, I sort of reflected on it, and I I started to to embrace that that 
that thought that I can make these decisions on the basis of my feelings. And now it's all I do, pretty much. So how is making feelings decisions better than making thinking decisions? Like, obviously, right, I'm not, there's a limit to this. You know, if you feel like you, you want to, I don't know, if, you, if, if you're angry with your dog and you think, I could fucking kill that dog, if that's how you feel, don't kill the dog. It's not a good idea. Think logically about that. Um, you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there is a line. I'm talking more general sort of life decisions. And we'll get onto a bit of that in, in, in a minute. Like, I'll talk about sort of gut feelings and, and stuff. So the gut feeling does exist. That's, that's, that's a thing. I think Richard Wiseman talks about it. If not, I've heard it somewhere else. The gut feeling is, is basically as a result of your subconscious. So you've all heard this thing that only 10% of your brain is used, and it's not strictly true. You use all of your, your available brain most of the time, but your available brain only makes up a sort of a, a small part of it because the rest of it is devoted to doing sort of other stuff. So you've got this small part of your brain which is engaged and the rest of it isn't engaged. Sometimes you get this gut feeling. There's just something, something just doesn't feel right about, it could be about someone or a decision or, I don't know, a sports match or just something just doesn't feel right. And what that is, the science behind that, is that it, that's the rest of your brain, the unconscious, has worked it out. It, it's got much more computing power than your conscious brain, and it has computed it, and it's telling you that this is bad, that this that it, it, it's got superior logic, it's worked it out, and this is bad. And you get this as a, as, a, as, a, as a weird feeling. And if you follow those feelings, you're actually following intelligent thought that you didn't even know you had. How much of that is actually true, I don't know, but that, that is what some, some scientists said. And so there is a thing behind gut feeling, but I'm not going to go too much into that. What I'm going to talk about is the logic behind saying that you love people. If you've listened to this podcast before, you would have noticed a number of times I've mentioned that I think people should be able to say that they love each other without consequence. So there was a podcast ages ago called The Niceness Purge, which right, was probably one of my favorite episodes. It's about how they should do like a purge, you know, the, the purge, uh, as in the film, one day a year where you can commit any crime. But it's not one day a year where you can commit any crime. It's one day a year when you can tell anybody you like that you love them without consequence. And I do all the time. I, if I, I would say I'm a, a regular faller in love quite regular anyway and nearly always I get the courage up and I tell the person nearly always there's only a couple of times where I haven't and the couple of times where I haven't has more been like uh, I don't know an, em an empathetic decision to them like I I'm protecting their feelings or yeah I don't want to I don't know disrupt a relationship or, or something like that that those are the only reasons why I wouldn't say it normally if the chance is available I will tell people that I love them if I do so that's acting with my feelings I I, I express my feelings to them and I, but you know if you think that that's just stupid and there's no logic behind that and that telling people you love them is just a stupid idea it's never going to work I'll, I'll, I'll logic you now We'll do the logic to that side of it. Telling people you love them is the way to get lucky. And this is both from a feelings perspective and from a logical perspective. 
saying that you love people that you love is the way forward. So here, here are the scenarios. You tell the person that you love them and they say, great, I love you too. And then everyone's happy. That's scenario one. Obviously, I don't need to explain to you why you've made your own luck there. You've gone out, you've, you've told the person rather than not, and they say they love you too, and you're now lucky. You go to them and you say, I love you. And in this scenario, they say, oh, okay, sorry, but I don't love you back. I'm sorry, I, I don't love you. I don't feel the same way. It's happened to me, and it isn't very nice. <laughs> it, it hurts. It, it, it hurts, you know. You... you it's not a nice feeling telling somebody you love them and they don't say it back. It, it isn't. But the alternative to, to saying it and getting rejected is, is not saying it and still sort of in the same way getting rejected. Like you might as well go through the process of getting rejected rather than living in ignorance and fear for the whole time. You haven't wasted any time telling somebody. You just, if you just tell them and they don't say it back, then you have your answer. You could move on. You can do something else. You can you can move into other areas to create your own luck. No one's ever got lucky in love by not telling people how they feel. And there's, there is actually a third scenario. You can sort of say that you love them and they go, oh, well, that's quite strong. I don't necessarily feel that way. I don't know how to respond. But, you know, I'm, I'm sort of on the fence. And that gives you a platform on which to build. It does. It gives you a platform. You know, you can you can build on someone saying they don't know if they love you, but they might then have a different attitude towards you because people like people having feelings for them. I think in general, in general, most of the time, most of the time, people will be happy that someone fancies them, as long as it's not in a gross, creepy way. Obviously, so all three of those scenarios, I would say you're better off for having told them that you love them. Even if you get the answer that you don't want, even if you get hurt, even if it makes you uncomfortable, you're still better off. And in the context of luck, whatever you do on those things, when you look back on it, and it, luck is normally retrospective in terms of your general life decisions. You normally look back and go, oh, fucking hell, that was lucky. Right? So the, the, in the, all those scenarios, you can say if you so say if, if they say I love you too and you're still with them, you can say, well, you know, had I not said that you love them, then no one ever would have ever known, and we would have just gone about our lives with not knowing this, and that would have sucked. It was lucky that we I told you that you I loved you because otherwise you wouldn't you would never have known. So that's scenario one. Obviously, that's fair enough because that's the ideal scenario. In the non-ideal scenario, you're lucky because you didn't waste your time. You can move on to something else. And when you move on to something else, maybe you'll fall upon something great. And if you don't fall upon something great, it doesn't matter. You haven't lost anything. Someone saying that they don't love you too isn't a loss because, you know, you can't make them. And at the same time, you lose by not saying it because you... You then invest more into into trying to build something that isn't there or isn't going to be there, and the final one is is where they say they don't really know and that they don't know how to respond, and that's lucky because you you then have control of the situation. You're then able to, I guess, try and win them over, or or if you if you if you 
really wanted uh, an emphatic I love you too, you then have the same thing. You can just move on. So all of those things are, are a way to, to, to make you lucky. You can't get lucky by not telling someone that you love them. Right, that, that just it just can't happen. So to be lucky, you have to engage with that feeling of you have to front up that feeling of love and you have to go through the uncomfortable thing of saying, I love you. And it might not even seem logical. I've done it before where I actually almost knew beforehand that I was going to be shot down. I, I was, I'd say 90 plus percent certain. And I, I said it anyway. And I got shot down, obviously. And I had a couple of really, really bad days after that. I didn't enjoy it. I had a, a couple of days where I, I didn't eat. You know, I curled up in a ball and I, you know, all sorts, all the usual stuff. You know, watched emotional things on TV, didn't want to talk to anybody, all that sort of stuff. But then afterwards, I was able to go and do something else. And now, in retrospect, I feel lucky that I did that, rather than spending ages hung up on that person, wondering, will they, won't they? It's the best way to move on. So I I was, I got lucky by getting shot down. Because I could have invested another six months into that, not saying anything, thinking that I might get there eventually. And, and then you don't get there. So... Basically, tell people you love them if you do. That's my my advice. And it doesn't just work for, for saying I love you. It works with any decision. If you think your job is bad, normally, normally if you quit your job, if, I, I don't think I've ever met anybody who regretted quitting their job. Now, obviously there is a bit of a logical element in there. Yeah, if you can't afford to eat, if you quit your job, then... Uh, yeah, this is the this is what I'm talking about. There's a line. If you can't afford to eat, if you quit your job, don't quit your job because that would be stupid. Don't do anything stupid. But there are so many. I've been in workplaces, you know, obviously for a long time, and the amount of people I've sat there, I've listened to them talk about how much they hate their job and how it affects their life in a bad way. And I always have thought, if you fucking hate it so much, why don't you quit? And there are people now who, like, five years ago, I was listening to them complain about their shitty job, who are still there doing that same job. They're still there, miserable. And they would go, well, I'll just not, I just never had the luck. I never had my big break. You, because you never tried to manufacture your big break. You just fucking sat in the same job. It often hurts people to get made redundant. A lot of people who get made redundant, once they get a new job, they go, fucking hell, being made redundant was the best thing that ever happened to me. And that's that's how luck works. You if you do something, if you do if you think this is how I, I feel this way, I feel bad about this, so I'm gonna do something different, or I feel good about this, so I'm gonna do it. Rather than just constantly weighing up sort of minor pros and cons on either side, do it on the basis of how you feel. It makes it, it makes a huge difference. Again, I'm not advocating doing anything stupid. If you can't if you can't put food on the table because of these decisions, then you have to think logically about that. Yeah, there has to be a base level of logic, you know. But what I'm saying is that I guess people do it's like a lot with like creative works or performing or starting their own business. These are things people go, "Oh, I couldn't do that." Like I feel like I'm a good singer. I feel like I could make a business, but oh, you know, I don't think I could. You know, what if? What if it doesn't work? And I think the people who think like that, they're the people who you know, 
people who think they can sing but don't take the risk of singing never end up being professional singers. To be a professional singer, you have to sing for people. And it, you have to, to engage with that feeling of uncomfortableness. You have to go, I'm uncomfortable singing in front of people. I might fail. People might tell me that I'm fucking shit at singing. But I'm going to sing anyway because that's what I feel like I want to do. Rather than overthinking and going through all these logical possibilities of what might happen to you, you should just do it. The worst thing that can happen is you go back to square one. You go, oh, well, you don't lose anything. Do things on the basis of how you feel. I also feel that if you've made a decision based on how you feel, if you've made a decision based on your true inner desire, I guess, and you fail, you can look back on that failure and you go, well, at least I was sort of true to myself. At least I, yeah, maybe you don't win. So, so what? You know, you say, well, I did what I wanted to do. I did what I felt was, was, was best. I did what I felt I wanted to do and it didn't work out. So that's, that's sort of okay. If you try to logic yourself into it and your logic was wrong and you fail, that's a lot worse because you go, well, I could have done what I wanted, but instead I did what I thought was best and it, and it, and I fucked it, which is horrible. Like, like not telling the person that you love them because you're playing the long game or you're trying to logic yourself into not doing it. And then that person goes and falls in love with somebody else. You've only got yourself to blame and your logic was, your logic was wrong. You should have just said it. Even if making these decisions with feeling doesn't change the probability of your success, even if it literally makes no difference and you're still just as likely to fail or not fail from making feeling or thinking decisions you should still make feeling decisions because it gives you, I reckon, a better attitude towards those failures and you'll be happier with the decisions that you made because you made them on the basis of who you are, not what you think. And if it, if you fail and it feels bad, that's okay because you're better equipped the next time. And you have to risk feeling bad to feel good. Otherwise, you just end up, in, you just end up being a grey person you end up having nothing to you because you've never done anything that that, that that meant something to you. You've just wasted your life, I guess, be, being scared of your own feelings, which is just, just ridiculous. And you'll end up thinking that you're unlucky. And that's what it is. You think that you're unlucky, but actually you're not unlucky. You're unwilling to confront your own feelings. Oh, that's good content. <laughs> and then you get people who like, I'll tell you who's unlucky. People, right, and these people never seem to have their lives going for them, and it's because they can't interact with their own feelings properly. It's the people who are like watching TV and there's a football match on, and they're berating a footballer, absolutely going fucking ape shit at these footballers. And then there's other people who are like, like they're berating a waitress or a waiter because they forgot to put mayonnaise on their sandwich or, or whatever. Those people who berate footballers who get angry at staff, they are not interacting with their feelings. What they are doing is they are diverting their feelings on something else and placing them on something smaller. So they're assigning their anger, they're assigning their emotions to something which is trivial because they have failed to confront their actual feelings for something else. So if you want to be the sort of person who gets really angry and berates waiters for simply forgetting some mayonnaise, then that's fine. Just just push your feelings down. That's grand. If you want to be the sort of person who doesn't care about those things, who who manages to deal with inconveniences, 
then you need to have a healthy relationship with your feelings. And that is said by somebody who is not a psychologist. So, you know, you might be free to disregard, but that's just how, I guess that's just my experience of looking around me and also being me. That's, that's, that, that's how I've managed to be a lucky person, I guess. So that's probably what I'll leave you with. I'll leave you with this, that, and it's something which I said to somebody one time when I was professing my love for them. They said, well, I don't, I, you know, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't, and I said, well, I don't care what you think. I don't care about the, the logistical side of it. I don't, I don't, no one cares what you think. You know, I care how you feel about it. And particularly with interpersonal relationships, what people think about you isn't important. Like logically, they think that you're doing stuff wrong it's sort of, it more cares how they feel about it, and more importantly, how you feel about it. It's not about thinking, it's about feeling. And if you adopt that, I, I really think that you'll just be a luckier person. Good things happen to people who feel, and appropriately confront those feelings, rather than trying to subvert them, or trying to outlogic themselves. Uh, so yeah, if you want to get lucky, tell people how you feel and make decisions on the basis of how you feel. I don't know if any of that made sense, but I hope it did. And I will go because that's quite long. That's quite a lot of minutes. So we'll call it a day there. I'll see you in a bit. Bye.